I'm so glad that you're joining us, Sanctuary. It's great to see the faces that have been here before and all the new faces. My name is Michael, like Chase said. Um, I'm the pastor for this community, and I'm so glad that you're here. Well, today we're uh, starting this new series, as Chase said, called What If? And I want to ask you all a question. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what if? What if housing in the Bay Area were more affordable? Everyone's like, yes, okay. <laughs> what if student loans weren't a thing? Yes. <laughs> and I was I'm so glad Servant Breakfast is here. I'm like, I think my 10-year reunion was 12 years ago. But that's why I love Sanctuary. There's, you know, every walk of the young adult life we gather here in worship. And questions like, I wish it were easier to find my significant other. What if that were easier? Or what if I could have, like, whatever job I wanted? You get to choose and you get the job. But then there's questions like, what if there was more to life? What if there was a reason behind it all? What if I lived, what if we lived as if we had a purpose? What if I lived as if I had a purpose? What if? You see, something that we all share deep down inside of us is this desire to, uh, for our lives to have meaning, to cause change, to bring life to live with this, this undeniable, unshakable, clear purpose, a purpose that, that wakes us up in the morning, a purpose that fuels us throughout the day, and a purpose that we're thinking about when we're going to sleep, a purpose that creates change in the world, a purpose that brings light into the world. What if? But more and more of us, find ourselves living with, without a purpose, living not knowing our purpose. Now, I believe that everyone, everyone, especially in this room, I believe that everyone has a purpose. And your purpose is not your paycheck. Your purpose is not your job. Your purpose is not a title. But I believe that your purpose is actually my purpose. Because scriptures are really clear about this, that one, there is one church and that one church is one body. So we have one body, one purpose. But there have been many times where I've found myself just, just asking the question, well, gosh, what's my purpose? And I found myself struggling to just find it, struggling to identify what my purpose is and then if I find it, how can I live it out? But when I look back, what I was really asking myself is, hey, what job should I take? What city should I move to? Who should I spend my time with and why? You have a purpose. And it's clear. And Jesus talks a lot about it. In the greatest sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins to teach those who gathered and were surrounding him about how they should live, how they should talk, how they should act. For three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus explains what being a disciple looks like. Jesus explains what the posture of our hearts and what our actions should be. And near the beginning, after the Beatitudes, the blessed are those, he talks about our purpose. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? 
it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a, a, a people light a lamp and put, a, uh, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let it shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, woven through the scriptures and, and set in, in many different ways, but plainly put here, Jesus says, our purpose is to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world so that others may see your good deeds and glorify God. Now with that, I actually want to spend the rest of, uh, rest of our time today unpacking that purpose, unpacking what that means and how living out this purpose can not only dramatically change your life, but can totally change those around you. Jesus starts out by saying, you are the salt of the earth. Now notice here that he doesn't say that you will become the salt of the earth. Jesus says that you are. Now, these are, there's many, very little people. I don't know if you are a big salt person, but there's a lot of people who um, really, really like salt. But everyone, if you ask them, everyone does like salt. There's very little people I know that don't like salt. So growing up, we had a horse pasture behind our house, and my mom would get mad at me over and over again because I'd always sneak out and find the salt lick uh, that the horses have, and I'd lick the salt lick. <laughs> and she'd get mad at me because I love salt. I love salt. And she got mad at me because I was a little weirdo. Like, who does that? I don't know. But <laughs> now salt is not only necessary for us to live, like we need it to live, but we add salt to things to enhance their flavor. Salt, what it does is it brings out the potential of something's taste. Salt makes things better. And here Jesus is saying that in every conversation, in every interaction that we have with people, whether we're fe feeling social or antisocial, happy or sad, mad or glad, our words are to be seasoned with salt that we are to enhance, to bring out the potential in others. There are people that you talk to that kind of suck the life out of you. And then there are people you talk to that they, they enhance and they bring out the potential in you. They make you better. And when you find yourself talking to people, when you are having a conversation with someone, ask yourself, am I enhancing their life? Am I bringing out the potential in them? Or do you find yourself gossiping, judging? Are you the salt? Or are you finding fault? Now, What's interesting about salt is that it actually had another important function during Jesus' time that we may or may not know about. Since there were, no surprise, no refrigerators back then, they didn't have them, they had to have a way to keep things fresh, so specifically meat. People would actually take salt and they would spread it on meat to slow down the decay, to keep it fresh. And here, Jesus is saying that you are the salt of the earth, 
And when you're around people, people who look differently than you, people who think differently than you, who act differently than you, people who believe differently than you, that our job as the salt of the earth, our purpose is to slow down the decay. Are we promoting life or decay? Because without salt, decay is inevitable. And Jesus' strategy for the world is to use you, you, to stop the decay around you. And we have been sprinkled. We have been spread across this earth as one body to do that. But Jesus goes on. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, here's the really interesting thing about that part of this passage. And here's the thing about salt. So salt actually does not lose its saltiness because salt is salt. I mean, if salt ceases to be salt, then, then it ceases to be the very thing that it is. And, and yeah, you're like, no, duh. Well, yeah, and Jesus actually knew that. And the people who were around Jesus actually knew that. So here, Jesus isn't saying that you can lose your saltiness, but that if you are not acting like salt acts, if you're not bringing out the potential of those around you, if you're not slowing down the decay, if you're not loving others like Jesus, then you need to do an identity check. Jesus is saying that if you are a follower of mine, you will be salt. End of story. You are the salt of the earth, and the earth is in great need of salt. I mean, what if? Like, what if we lived like that? What would the world look like? What would your work look like? What would your relationships look like? What would your life look like? What would sanctuary look like? What if? And in the same manner, Jesus continues, you are the light of the world. You see, we need light. We needed it to see. If we didn't have light, then we couldn't see and Jesus is telling us that, that there is this great responsibility that we have as light so that the world can see. There's this research group called Lifeway. Uh, I don't know if you know about them, but they uh, did this survey and they suggest that more than half of Americans uh, either read little or have not read the Bible at all. And if we are to embody what the Bible teaches, then you might be the only Bible that someone's ever read. And if we are to live like Jesus, if our lives are to look like Jesus's, then you might be the only Jesus that people have ever seen. And then Jesus continues, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So Jesus is saying, why would you ever put light under or put a bowl on a light? Like, why would you ever hide it? But so often we do. I mean, we do. Now, 
If you're here and, and you're a Christian, and I realize that there are people here who are, who are not a Christian, and I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. But, but if you're here, for those of us who are Christians, and, and, and if we're really, 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 really honest with ourselves, how many of our coworkers, how many of them, do they, uh, how many of them know what we do on Sundays? I mean, how many of those that we're around during the week, know who we follow, who we believe. How many times do we cover our light? See, the purpose of salt and light, the purpose that they share with each other is that they both create change in the environments around them. It's their nature. It's what they do. What's the purpose of unsalty salt? There is no such thing. What's the purpose of hidden light? There is no such thing. And God has said that you, you are his light. You have a purpose, so shine. Jesus continued. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, when you find yourself acting and embodying what it means to be the salt of the earth and the light of the, uh, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, regardless of your circumstances and regardless of your surroundings, then you'll find yourself becoming more like Jesus, who is our source of salt and light. And when people see you, they see you truly acting like the salt of the earth. When people see you truly acting like the light of the world, they can't help themselves from saying, oh man, I want that. I want that. And Jesus said that we are to be salt and light so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, our purpose is to be salt and light, to live your life in such a way that people can't help but say, I want that. It's the why behind our purpose. And it's important to know the why behind our purpose. Bless you. You see, the Apostle Paul knew, the Apostle Paul knew the why behind his purpose. In the book of Acts, Paul said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul spent the better part of his life living as salt and light, both to the Jews and to the Gentiles, so that all would say, I want that. He was living out his purpose. And then he was thrown in prison. Have you ever found yourself living out your purpose only to find that, that walls seem to be just closing in around you? That's what happened to Paul. For talking about Jesus, Paul was put in chains for years. 
And Paul found himself awaiting the trial of his life. Now, this trial that Paul was waiting for was going to be the biggest trial that he had ever seen. It was going to be a huge public spectacle. And he was going to be judged by the Roman governor. His name was Festus. If you know Pontius Pilate, he was the one that succeeded Pontius Pilate. And then he was going to be judged by the current king of Judea, the king of the Jews at the time, Agrippa, who served under Festus. Now, here's the thing. Soon, Paul found himself in front of both of these men to plead his case so that maybe, just maybe, he would escape his death. You see, Paul didn't plan his chains. Paul's plan was to teach the gospel to everyone in every city, regardless of who they were. His plan was to be a missionary. But even though his plans changed, his purpose never did. So there Paul was. He was in front of the two most powerful men. And then he remembered his purpose at that moment. And he thought, what if? So instead of pleading, he talked to them about Jesus. He talked to them about how Jesus came as the brightest light that he'd ever seen. And how he tried to, after that, shine that very light to everyone. How he tried to bring everyone who was living in darkness out of darkness to the light so that they could believe in Jesus, so that they can see this light and that they can say, I want that. And Paul, he was in front of them and he kept talking and he kept talking and he kept talking until King Agrippa just like he couldn't handle it anymore. And he stopped them. And he said, Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, that all you who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. You see, our plans can change, but our purpose never does. How are you living out your purpose? How can you be salt? How can you be light to those around you? But maybe... I mean, maybe you're in a situation right now that, that you don't want to be in. Maybe your plans aren't happening. Maybe your plans are not what you thought your plans were going to be. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe there's pain. When I was in seminary uh, a while back, I was an intern for a bit at a, a church, and after a while, I found out that the church, is, the church was in a state of just pretty significant um, internal health, and they were struggling. Now, I didn't come from a Christian home, and I actually grew up with a, a ton of hardships. And when I was the most excited uh, just to live out my purpose through ministry, I was called to the pastor's office. The pastor sat me down, and he started talking to me. And as our conversation continued, I soon found out that he was actually trying to talk me out of ministry because he couldn't understand how someone who came from a background like mine would ever last as a pastor or, who, or could ever just really reach people. Have you ever had someone try to speak the purpose out of you? 
I was devastated. Until a group of my closest friends, they came around me, and like salt, they reminded me of my potential. Like light, they showed me that God is able to use my past to help people. That he can redeem my situation. Because God can redeem any situation that you're in. And after I received that encouragement, I decided to keep on going. Like my friends to me, when you live out your purpose, you bring out the purpose in others. And because of that experience, I also learned that God can use the thing that brings you pain as a platform for good. So if you really deeply care about the direction of our country, and especially with the, the political cycle that we're in, uh, one way which might be helpful to you to think about, to think about is, is, is this. You and I, we would have never heard about Festus and Agrippa if it wasn't for Paul. I mean, in the first century, Festus and Agrippa, they were the story, not, not Paul. But 2,000 years later, Paul is the real story. When Paul was in pain and in his chains, he used that situation. He used that pain as a platform. In the first century, everyone, everyone would have said, Agrippa, Festus, that's the story. The reality is that Paul was the story and God wants to write yours. He wants to write it. But maybe you're listening to me right now and you're, and you're thinking, man, Michael, I'm not salt. Maybe you or, or someone else has put a bowl over your light. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you don't know where you're at with Jesus. With Jesus. Maybe others who said that they were Christians, they acted like the light to you. They attracted, they attracted uh, you only for you to find out that their light was more like one of those bug zapping lights that attracts, but then they zap, they inflict harm to you. And if that's happened to you, I honestly want to tell you right now that that's not Jesus. That's not his light. You see, Jesus, he came and he cared for the marginalized. He loved those the religious leaders did not love. Jesus turned over tables of inequality. Jesus cared for children and dared someone not to. Jesus bridged the gaps of racial inequality. Jesus empowered women and he gave them a voice. And when Jesus saw the pain and darkness of decay caused by sin in you and me, he took on that sin. The light of the world took on our darkness. The salt of the earth took on our decay and he nailed them to a cross. And three days later, he rose again. The light of the world rose again, defeating death so that death could be defeated in you, defeating darkness so that light could shine in you. And then he said, go. Act like I have acted. Love like I have loved. Make disciples of all nations. Be the salt of the earth. 
Be the light of the world. Go to the places where people are dying spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically. Be salt to them. Remind them of their potential because of what I have done for them and bring it out in them. Go to the places that seem dark where injustices are pretending to be light and take the bowl off your light and shine your light in the darkness so that all who come in contact with you can't help but say, I want that. Sanctuary, what if? What if? What if? Now, as we're coming near the end, I want to talk about what this could look like for you. I mean, if you're eager to live this, this like what if life, if you're eager to be salt and light, if you want to live out your purpose and you totally understand that, that you can live it out anywhere, but you're still wanting a little bit more direction, a tool that I found helpful that I want to share with you that you might find helpful is to ask yourself, what makes me mad, sad, and glad. Maybe you're uh, with the Servant Breakfast crew and, and you make food every Friday for those at the Opportunity Service Center and you see the systemic injustices of homelessness. You see that and it makes you mad. And, and seeing those whom Jesus loves being stripped of their dignity, it makes you sad. And doing something about it would make you glad. You see, it's at the intersection of what makes you mad sad, and glad that you can learn how you can more intentionally live out your purpose. And some might call this your calling. You have a purpose, and it's clear, and it's the same as mine, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world so that everyone who sees you can say, I want that. I want that. Now, I want to invite the uh, band, actually, up at this time. And instead of us closing in prayer, um, I want to uh, read the passage that we are anchoring in today, but this time from the message version. Uh, I don't know if you've read a lot of the message version, but especially this passage um, that Eugene Peterson wrote, it, it brings just the words out and it resonates really well. And I want to read it to you as sort of a, a benediction, Now, a lot of the letters in the New Testament, they end with a benediction. And and a benediction is is typically, like when you have a benediction at a church service, it typically uh, stands for this blessing for you. Now, I want to read this. I want to actually read it over you. And I want to read it over you as a blessing, but also as a call to action. And my invitation for all of us is to let these words soak in down to your very soul so that you can't help but live them out. And I actually want to invite everyone to stand for this. Thanks for standing. Now, Jesus said, let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt, seasoned, uh, salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. 
Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. You see, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't, you don't think I'm gonna hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven.